The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Five oh six on the Central Coast. It's Tuesday, February twenty eighth, two thousand twenty three. I'm Dave Congleton. Stop the show, Craig. You're not going to believe this. What? Do you know where Lance Parker has been? Texas. No. <laughs> Costco. No. Where? A place that would make you insanely jealous. Uh, uh Graceland. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Have you mentioned this before? I, I don't uh, think. Good I, to I, see you, by the way. Yeah, good to see you too, and Craig. Uh, no, I don't know if I've ever mentioned my trip to Graceland. Um, well, yeah, tell, forget the topic. I want to hear about this. Uh, so, you know, it, it was uh, one of the first times I'd been to Memphis, and and I thought, well, I got to go to Graceland. You know, I mean, I'm not a huge Elvis fan, but you know, it is Americana. Yeah. Um, and it's. Um, was uh that the first thing that struck me was how small it was it was almost like a i don't want to say a track house but it was it wasn't overwhelming um the property around it would all been commercialized across the street now granted this was probably 30 years ago the property across the street was where you parked and that's where elvis had his seven or that's where elvis's um boeing 707 was and that was the gift shop you'd go across the street and it was like a self-guided tour through the house um and you'd go through the different rooms and hear about it and and he had a racquetball um uh, court, huge racquetball court, because uh, I guess he loved racquetball when when you know it kind of took the craze in the seventies, and that's where they had all his gold records and a lot of his memorabilia in this in his racquetball uh, court area. So you see, Craig, there you go. Now we've spared you. You don't have to go. Now yeah. you, you've you've yeah. been to Graceland. You now. painted me a picture and wrote me a poem of Graceland. Yeah, the, I don't the, need to see it. The 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 one thing that it, that I found interesting was he had this room uh, after doing uh, one is one of his Hawaii movies. I don't know exactly which one, but he loved the jungle so much, so he created this jungle room, and it had uh, green shag carpet on the walls to to give it a, a jungle feel. That sounds awesome. <laughs> See, now you're inspiring Craig. Now Craig really has to go. I Believe me, I that was my uh, 50th birthday plan, but things fell through. Yeah. But someday. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> so, uh, be, I, I'm not stalling here, but I can't resist this either. One, you've been to Graceland. Yeah. Two, they have issued now, uh, this is according to Fox News, this city has been named the happiest in the United States for the third consecutive year. It's a city in California. Let me go back to Craig. Craig, can you guess for three consecutive years, this town, and it's not us, this town in California has been named happiest in the entire country? Santa Barbara? No. Well, you know the answer. You can't guess. Yeah. It's da-da-da-da, Fremont. Yeah. I know Fremont. Fremont, and, you know, and, Fremont. And, it, and that's not it's not done by uh, Fox News. It's a it's a company or it's a uh, well, but they're reporting. The, yeah, they're yeah. they're reporting it. And yeah, it was through a company called Wallet Hub who does like the happiest states, the happiest cities, uh, the most caring cities. And but yeah, when I looked at the list, it's like Fremont. Well, the only thing that's strange is that number five in the entire country is San Francisco. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, and you looked at the metrics that they measured on, even that, I was looking at the metrics going, I just don't see it. I, I really don't, you know, but here again, the, the metrics they were using were all, in essence, um, things that the government could do for people. Not necessarily they were doing it for people, but what they could do for people. The happiest town in America is Fremont, California. Number two is San Jose. Um, Madison, as in uh, Wisconsin, is third. Overland Park, Kansas, is fourth. And, I'm sorry, San Francisco is yeah. fifth. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, it's the it's 180 large cities, so I don't think we would have made the, the list for uh, our size. Have you been to Fremont? Have you spent time there? Oh, yeah. 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 What, what is there? What is it known for? Uh, Fremont was where uh, they had um, uh, um, oh, uh, GM uh, plant was there in Fremont, and then it became a Saturn plant. And then when Saturn went out, that's the plant that... Um, is making Teslas that, I mean, Fremont okay. was, was industrial, hmm. uh, you know, and it, at when BART first opened in like 1972, uh, it dead end there at Fremont, the, the South leg. So this there. isn't the prettiest town. Or the no. ha- the, it's just the happiest town. People are happiest in Fremont, but, California. Uh, but if you've ever driven on the 880 through, through Fremont, it's like, you know, uh, horrible traffic. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically down there the south part of the bay it's all industrialized um yeah i just i i don't get it but you know it would be my choice to to you know somewhere on the east bay i'd be looking at you know if i if it's like okay you got to live in the east bay i'd be looking at like piedmont alameda alameda is is a great spot what makes it so great? It's it's like its own little enclave when you cross over uh, and get onto the island. It's its oh, own. Yeah. It, it's its own little enclave. It's a, it's like you've you've left everything behind and have you know uh, you're you know when you're on the island and when you're off the. Is island. Is it residential or commercial? Uh, residential. Yeah, there. I mean, there are commercial there, but it's a lot of it is residential. I mean, it used to be at the north end of the island was um, uh, naval. Uh, sure. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what it was, but it was still pretty much all wartime housing. And but there are, uh, it is. It, I mean, it's a quaint little area, uh, Alameda. Yeah. But they're not happy because they can't live in Fremont. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> all right, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with Lance Parker and dive into our topic. I'm Dave Congleton. You're listening to Hometown Radio. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Uh, Craig, we made a mistake last night. Tell the story you're telling oh, me. At the, at the end of, um, uh, uh, right before um, the 6.05 hours started, um, I could hear Dave cutting his spot for this morning for today's the show. The promo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, somehow. So I almost called in to say, hey, your guys' mics are open. <laughs> that would have been nice if you called in. How well, it, it went, by the time I realized that you guys had done something, hey, or cut it off. One take, Dave. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that was it then. <laughs> All right, so you're uh, you're a resident libertarian. Yes. Always been a libertarian? Um, I would say... Even before I knew what a libertarian was, I 
uh, I would probably say I I fell into that realm, let's say. Hmm. Well, uh, Salute Carbajal joined us at 3.05. And, of course, uh, being an incumbent liberal Democrat, uh, Carbajal was defending the government. Government is the answer. He was ticking off all the things that the Biden administration has done. And you would probably reject all that out of hand and argue government can't do anything. Well, you know, and, and I just don't want to slam uh, Salud being, you know, being a liberal Democrat. And I that's mean, not our intent. No, not at all. Because I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if we if he had an R before his name or a D before his name. It, it's it, the evidence is there that shows the policies aren't working. The example you sent me was an article in The Wall Street Journal about um, Obama as president in 2013 sent a, set a 10 year goal to get homelessness under control it's no he didn't set a goal he promised he promised okay tell the story and so you know 2013 he promised that uh we would end homelessness by in 10 years so we're at that 10-year mark now and by changing how the federal government deals with homelessness Prior to that, uh, human um, uh, urban development, HUD, used to have what was continuum of care, where it would say, okay, if you're homeless, we are here to help you, but you have to, in essence, check some boxes. If you have uh, substance abuse, we're going to help you get off the substance abuse. If you have issues with mental illness, we're going to help you with that before we can help you with housing. We've got to get you, in essence, stable. And we've had, there's many programs in the government that do the same thing, where to get the funding or to get the help, you have to meet certain criteria. And what uh, President Obama at that time in his administration, and not to to slam uh, President Obama, um, in tr- December of last year, Biden doubled down on this housing first thing. It went right through the um, uh, Trump administration, the same thing. It's this housing first where you are housed first and you have no requirements whatsoever to do anything except just get a house first. And we've seen the the homelessness has just exploded pre-pandemic and post-pandemic so obviously the plan that they said was to work is not even helping it's making it worse well let's bring it closer to home in 2009 the county board of supervisors unleashed the 10-year plan to end homelessness in the county yeah how's that working out yeah exactly and so we've had this discussion before where i've talked about their you know uh their ineffective leaders i would have had president obama say look we cannot end homelessness we cannot end it but what we're going to do is we're going to try to mitigate as much as we can and we're going to try this and if it doesn't work we're going to do something else i look at this and i go i want to know where all the money's been going that it worked, that somebody's getting rich off of this that wasn't getting rich under the prior plan. So you want elected officials to stop making promises and to be truthful with us? Yeah. I, I, I could take it right back to the city council here. They've all ran on homelessness, the Board of Supervisors. I'm talking our local people all ran on the, that issue. We're going to do something about it. They're doing zero about it. It's, and it's actually getting worse. And if you say, oh, we're trying, we're doing this, we're trying that, 
whatever you're doing, it's not working because it's getting worse. Well, both the city of San Luis Obispo and the county have appointed staff people to focus on homelessness. They opened up 40 Prado. Okay. Why wasn't this done 20 years ago? We had homelessness then. Why wasn't this done in 2013 when we had, uh, you know, the housing first come across from the federal government? Lance, is it your position that government is inherently ineffective? Yes. Or is it just apathetic or just incapable of... It's, it's the, like I said, we need to follow the money here. Somebody is getting rich off of this policy. And that's what it is. It's a way of filtering money to people that have supported whoever is in power. It's their way of going, hey, if we do it this way, we can enrich our coffers. Regardless Man, of what, cynical. Exactly. Regardless of the outcome. Because I'll tell you this, there will be callers and there will be people listening that say, I'm full of you-know-what. That if, if the Republicans would get off their you-know-what, we would have this fixed. And if it's all the Democrats' fault, we'd have it fixed. And that's what they want. They want to keep us divided because my guy can't do any wrong. Salute Carbajal, nice gentleman, ineffective. Well, but he's only one of 435. Ineffective. He's not a leader. He's a follower. I want a leader. He's a follower. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I would rather have Nancy Pelosi down here. She was a leader. I don't agree with her, but she was a leader. She was in a leadership position. She that, could that's, lead. That's right. She was a leader. We've got a follower. I want a leader. Well, but only a handful of people, Lance, get to be in a leadership position in the House I mean, uh, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares about the central coast of California. It, 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 exactly. And so I want somebody that that can lead, though. That's what we're sending our person there to do. Our person is to represent our interests. Well, he's supposed to do he or she is supposed to do two things. One, bring home the bacon and two, answer constituent concerns. That's all I want in a congressman. I don't want a congressman on Capitol Gang every night or whatever the show of the day is these days. I don't want a Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, I, I don't want someone running for president. I just, I want Carbajal to do what he's doing. Just like what Lois Capps did and even what Michael Huffington did back in the day. Bring home the bacon and take care of constituents. See, to me, bring home the bacon, that just means we're taking it from some other some other constituency. I don't care. <laughs> I want my share. I, want I really, share. I don't care. I want my share. I want my share. I want my share. See, I want a leader that, that says, no, this isn't how we're meant to be run. Hmm. What about Social Security and Medicare? Aren't those effective examples of government doing good? They're going to be bankrupt in less than 10 years. Hmm. We'll have it solved by then. We needed to solve this 30 years ago. We cannot solve it in t in less than 10 years. So you're one of these guys, government's never done anything right? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is when they try to make promises and get and pull at our heartstrings with this, I, like I said, I would have rather had President Obama at the time say, we cannot end homelessness, but this is what we're going to do. All right, so what should the government do to end homelessness? Well, it, you know what? Looking at what they're do they've done doing over the last 10 years— They've been doing it the wrong way. So maybe the, the way of prior to that was actually working. 
and we don't here's the other thing we don't have any metrics to really go what is our metric what is you know we want to end homelessness to me when you say you want to end homelessness then that means you have zero people homeless okay what we could ask the city what is your metric that you're going to say you have achieved your goal yeah they don't have that. Is it that there are zero people homeless in, in the city of San Luis Obispo? Is it zero people homeless in the county of San Luis Obispo? Zero people on the streets. Zero people. Zero people on the. So everybody that's living in our county is housed. But as the Wall Street Journal article that you sent me points out, is it 50% Lance? As high as 50% of the homeless either have drug problems or mental problems? Yeah, it was. Uh, Something pretty high. Yeah, seventy-eight uh, percent of the home. This is uh, this is based on a, um, a University of California uh, found that in two thousand nineteen, seventy-eight percent of the homeless population in America reported having mental uh, health conditions, and fifty percent said um, mental illness contributed to their housing uh, loss of housing. An additional seventy-five percent of the homeless said they struggled with substance abuse, and fifty-one said drug and alcohol contributed to their loss of of housing so therefore if we want to deal with homelessness we have to deal with mental health it's it, it to me i you know i'm not an expert in homelessness i'm not an expert in this but just based on that i'm looking at okay maybe there's there's a correlation and we should actually be going after the problem uh instead of this you know getting that fixed first but you're not expecting government at either the local state or federal level to do that I would rather see it totally out of the feds and bring it back to the to the counties and the cities. Who better than us that knows how we should deal with it here? Because we don't have the same issues as, let's say, Fort Collins, Colorado, or Billings, Montana. We have different issues. So let us let us fix it on the best way that we can fix it here. Not just the, this blanket coming from the federal government. Well, everybody I've talked to here has said that it's a regional problem and it's best dealt with on a regional level. Yeah. It, 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 to it's me, bigger it, than any one city. It, it's like education. The federal government should be out of education. It should be done at a, at a much smaller uh, level. All right. If you guys join us, Lance Parker is here. He's sharing with us an article that indicated that back in 2013, President Obama pledged to end homelessness in this country in 10 years. Well, it's 10 years later. And guess what? The argument could be made that the problem is worse. So to Lance, this is just a reminder that uh, we need true leadership on key issues because otherwise government inherently cannot deliver the goods we've got news and traffic and weather we'll pick up the conversation and invite your thoughts as well this is hometown radio Parker's a guest, and we're asking, I guess, three questions here. Number one, should Craig Hill go to Graceland? Is it worth the money? Yeah. Land seems to be on the fence. No, I I definitely. Uh, um, Two, 
Is Fremont, California, really the happiest city in the whole country? In, I mean, of the of the whole country. Of the whole country, you, you know, Fremont, Fremont, California. I mean, there, there's probably a dozen cities the size of Fremont just here in in California that are that I would pick. I, I mean, Fremont isn't even on my anywhere in my realm of three, the universe. Three years in a row. Yeah. Three years in a row, Fremont's the happiest place <laughs> in the country. And number three, is government the solution or is it the problem? Those are the three topics we have going. 805-543-8830 is the number. Call in, text and join in. Should Craig go to Graceland? Is it worth the effort? Is Fremont really the happiest place in the country? And is government the solution or is it the problem? Yeah. Well, you know, thinking about it, Fremont... Uh, um, Tesla's there, so maybe that's why everybody's so happy is because Tesla's there. That just makes it makes it happy. Charging stations Char- everywhere. Charging stations uh, everywhere. I mean, last time I was in Fremont was probably four years ago, and I because I wanted to get up to Berkeley, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to take BART up because I need to get to campus, and I thought, well, I'm not going up and try to fight parking up there. I'll just park at the Fremont BART station, ride BART up to uh, Berkeley, in which I did, and did my stuff at the campus, and then uh, headed back down to Fremont. And that was really the last time, I mean, I've driven through Fremont plenty, but that was actually the last time I actually parked a vehicle, got out in, in Fremont. And of course, San Francisco is the fifth happiest uh, yeah, but then again, you know, if you ask the people, they don't know what day it is, so they're just happy. <laughs> well, and, and not to go too deep in that direction, but here we are, San Francisco, where they're saying government is paralyzed. Government's not able to do anything. Yeah, you, you know, and and to to list the happiest, the, one of the one of the major criteria was depression. So if you look at that, I would say there's probably not a lot of depression in San Francisco. Let's take a call. Tom's in Los Osos. Hey, Tom. Hey. Hey. Um, I, just, I wanted to say, oh, I really like this show. Good. Thank uh, you. It's a good show. Um, on the homeless thing, uh, I noticed it seemed to get a lot worse after the 2018 court decision. Uh, oh, uh, the, 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 the Idaho yeah, yeah, it was the Ninth Circuit in in um, San Francisco that um, reached that decision, and then the Supreme Court reviewed it and decided to to let that stand. That um, you couldn't prosecute a homeless person for sleeping outside, or you know, you couldn't. Yeah, the the, si- I, the sidewalks are a public space, and homeless have the right to be on sidewalks. Yeah, it seemed to get a lot worse after that. Um, I don't know. It could just be a coincidence. Uh, hang, hang a second, Tom. What do you think, Lance? Well, yeah, 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 but then if you look at that and you go, well, prior to 2018, the reason we didn't have homeless is because we were arresting them and convicting them. Because because that I don't think that we had a if that's if your premise is correct I don't think that was the spur of having let's say we went from a million homeless to two million because the court decision I'd say we always had two million we just arrested uh, half of them. Yeah, it it just seems as though it could be it wasn't the intention but it, it kind of encourages it um, it because people know that. There's nothing the authorities can do. The authorities have to provide them a place. So what would you so do, Tom, Tom? What would you do if you had the power? Oh, well, I don't know what the solution of homelessness was it, or is. You know, um, I don't know if it would be um, drug. If, if they're drug addicts, then, you know, 
drug rehabilitation or, you know, if it's, if it's mental issues or perhaps, you know, we could be working with these people more in, uh, when we have a chance to, when they're in school, you know, and just there's a lot of different things that can be done that don't involve um, the taxpayer or the government. Um, it, but uh, at any rate, uh, I think in the, if you want to know why there's more homeless visible now, that's that's by what I would say is because of that ruling. I'm glad you called in, Tom. Thank you. There's no doubt yeah. that that has made it harder to keep the restrictions on the population. Well, I don't think it's you know when he said that it made me think. I don't think we have and let's. I'm just going to say having that much more homeless because of this court decision, but now they don't have to hide yeah. to avoid persecution. They're more visible. They're more visible, even though they were always there, but they had to hide because they were going to be arrested. And so now it's it's like, well, I, I don't have to hide anymore if I'm homeless. But my, my point, though, is with this is what the government's been doing, what the feds have been doing in the last 10 years definitely isn't working. So why are we doubling down and continuing this? Uh, because that's what government does. No, because somebody is getting rich off of this. And if we could find out who it is, it would we could p- connect all the dots back to why this happened. It's all right. all about money, and somebody is getting rich on this. All right. Scott's with us on KVEC. Hi, Scott. Hello, Dave. Hello, Craig. Hello, Lance. Hey, Scott. So you want three questions <laughs> or three answers? Well, yeah. I'd start with, should Craig Hill go to Graceland? Absolutely. Have you been? Oh, yeah. It's been a long time. But, I mean, you know, you should put on his bucket list, absolutely. All right. And, and, and the fact is they have good um, um, smokehouses in Tennessee. So I don't think there you, you go, should that down either. Smokehouses. Barbecue joints. Barbecue yeah. joints. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee cooking. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows. I mean, Tennessee is going to have some great food, especially probably uh, uh, the pork, pork ribs. Yeah, mm. and um, let's see now. Number two, Fremont. Um, I got a friend that lives up in Fremont. You know, Fremont. Um, it's okay. It's a conservative area, but it, I wouldn't prefer to live there. Uh, you know, I I don't know why it would be the happiest place in the United States. Is that is that the report? Yeah, <laughs> three years in a row. Three, three years in a row by uh, Wallet Hub and the metrics they they were using. Excuse me, uh, listed. Fremont as the happiest city in the nation. I wonder why. Is that because they don't have bike lanes? Or, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> because that would be nice, right? I mean, was it the politics? Is it the schools? No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's more the well-being and uh, the mental health. And so they uh, emotional... Uh, emotional and physical well-being, which was pretty much depression, and and um, they were ranked number one. Uh, income employment, they were only ranked 34 out of uh, 180. And for community and environment, they were ranked number one. It's interesting. I, I know. And if and yeah. if you look at the the metrics of it, um, yeah, uh, the wellness. Well, it's conservative, Lance. Well, <laughs> Fremont is is a conservative town. Well, that must be it. <laughs> that that must be yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, well, it must be one of them. Yeah. And then I guess uh, so the is, third one is the is third, government the problem or the solution, Scott? The government the government is the problem, Dave. I I think that the homeless issue is going to grow because um, illegal immigration is tapping out social services everywhere, and the bigger the population, you're putting a lot of people aside 
U.S. citizens, veterans, um, they're, they're tapped out on services to go to. So you're bringing in more people to, to bring in the system, and the system can't handle it. So I think the top priority is illegal immigration. And if you don't fix illegal immigration, you're never going to fix homelessness. And the problem is politics has got a wedge and, um, um, in, in illegal immigration, which is really sad. Jeff? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jeff's the next caller. Lance, sorry. So, you know what, Scott, I'll tell you, a lot of times I, I agree with you and everything, but i got to disagree with you on, on the uh, illegal immigration on this because it's being shown that mental illness, uh, some types of substance abuse is the major driver of this. And well, I can add something to that, Lance. And go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, and and the, you know, when you read through the article, it's not saying that there's lack of funding to to do this. What they're saying is the funding is is misdirected uh, on how to help, not solve it, but to help the situation to help more people. Scott, you were going to say. Well, the fact is, it's not just the illegal immigration, but it's everything that's coming with illegal immigration: drugs, fentanyl, and you get a lot of these addicts. And the addicts are the ones that are on the streets. And then you have the people that have mental health, and they don't know where to go. And then you have the people that, that, that can't find the jobs. So I think it's a combination. Maybe we, should drug, I, test, maybe we should drug test at the border, Lance. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, we, we, drug uh, test at the border? I'm serious. That's drug being test. racist. Why is that being racist? You can't come into the country if you can't pass a drug test. That's being racist. Mm. All right, Scott, thank you. I think it's a solution. Just drug tests. How about just drug testing if you get public assistance? How about drug testing if you get public assistance of some sort? Don't they, don't they, they do that now? No. Hmm. All right, let's go to Jeff in San Luis. Hey, Jeff. How are you, folks? Never better. You know, it. you're absolutely right that... As far as I'm concerned, and I've I've interviewed, I've talked to a lot of these homeless people, and they admit to being on either alcohol, drugs, both. And a lot of these people that you'll see that look very mentally ill, you take the drugs and the alcohol out of that equation. I've watched this, and I even have video footage before and after. They're not so mentally ill. They, they're completely normal, able to function in life. Uh, the real problem here is drugs, the way I see it. And it, what we need to do is if somebody is so hawked up on dope that they're a threat to themselves and or others, if they become mentally ill literally for this, that's when you 5150 somebody, because there is a law for that. You 5150 them, and then you try to clean them up for a period of time. Mm. Keeping them cleaned up is, is the hard part. We have a, a severe drug problem. Let's hear from Lance. Yeah, and, you know, the... And there's nothing, though, I mean, if you don't 5150 them, you're not going to be able to, in essence, force them to at least, uh, I'm going to just say, sober up for a, for a short period of time. But one of the things I'd like to see, though, is kind of going back to pre-2013 and putting some requirements on on some of the people to get them, to get them the help that they, maybe they don't even know that they need but if they get it, they they could turn their lives around. What else, Jeff? 
Well, wouldn't you say that the fact that when there is the ability to 5150 over exactly what we're talking about, that it almost never is used for that? And that may be all the difference it takes to get somebody sobered up long enough even to go, well, yeah, I was on a mean one. I need to start, uh, you know, straightening my life out. Lance? Yeah, I'm not a big, uh, I I really tread lightly around 5150. I've seen it happen twice to people, and it was abused uh, to control these two individuals. not yeah. be, And it was used at, and it was conspired against these two individuals. So I'm real leery of that. Jeff, thank you. We've got Gary in Pismo. Hey, Gary. Hey, Dave. Hey, I wanted to call and say that I stand with Lance on the homelessness issue and the leadership issue. I think he's dead on, and I'm very glad to hear him say these things today. Well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. I, I'm glad why, I always have a caller out there that appreciates me. Why is Lance right? Why Why is he right about the leadership issue? Well, if I could get into homelessness first, I, I was almost homeless in, in April, May, June, and July. And so I started making phone calls for the first time in my life trying to work through the process and get some kind of help. And all I got was uh, an endless list of regulation, rules and regulations, and a total lack of anybody, anybody at any of their local agencies willing to help in any way. The, the basic response from each one of the agencies was, we have a waiting list to get on a waiting list, and the waiting list to get on the waiting list is closed, and the waiting list is closed. Uh, see you later. Call us later when the waiting list is open. And that was it. And I was pretty much astounded and as i've looked into it since the thing that i see over and over in all of the different columns and all the different articles and so forth is what lance is talking about in terms of a total failure uh in my opinion partially because it seems that there are far far too many administrators and not nearly enough people working on the street level and the person-to-person level lance yeah i i I mean i I can't it's hard to follow that up because I've not been in his situation. He's been boots on the ground, you know, right in the trenches. And, I mean, there you go. It's a total failure. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't do something, but what we're doing is not right. Gary, how are you today? And, Gary, how are you today? Oh, I, I'm, I'm great. You know, after two months of living in a hotel, and I could afford to live in a hotel, I got a place, and I've been in a place since July, but I still need help going forward. Um, but, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I still find a lack, total lack of facilities, total lack of availability, total lack of help when it comes going forward. If, if I couldn't work for any reason, my Social Security wouldn't come close to paying rent in our area just barely maybe for a room somewhere but not even enough now to rent like a studio apartment and so then when you talk to people oh can i get into some kind of an affordable senior uh, situation where i pay a third of my income whatever it is so forth and so on they just go no no when there's nothing like that available here it's not going to be available for years and years and years and so you're on your own goodbye and uh yeah uh, thanks for Lance for speaking up about this and uh, also the leadership issue because it extends all the way down to our local level. I agree with him on the federal level. I would have liked to see much more leadership out of um, our federal, starting with with Diane Feinstein 
and going down through our local people. Uh, I salute the great guy, but uh, I agree with Lance. And uh, and then extending down to our local uh, county supervisor levels. All right. Gary, thank you very much for calling, and I'm glad your story has a happy ending. We will talk. Any other comment for Gary? No, I can't, yeah. All right. Uh, we got Michael up in Paso. Hey, Michael. Hey, Dave. How are you, sir? We're good, sir. How are you? Hanging in there. Good. <clears throat> Every day is a holiday. Yeah. Except when it comes to the homeless situation. You know, this, is, this has been a growing issue for about 35 years, 40 years. And you had a you had a caller on that, you know, and I'm not blaming this all on immigration or illegal immigration, but we're a welfare state, so any dependency, which there's a lot of, pulls away from resources that can be used to address this. Then we have the issue regarding, uh, um, you know, drugs. Drugs is a significant problem, and you can just see it. You see hear reports about it constantly. Uh, uh, sorry, Michael, we lost you, but but he was yeah. making some comments there. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's not just one thing. My and my point, though, you know, it's, we've had immigration, mental health, uh, substance abuse. My point, though, is what we've been doing and what we were promised is not working, and nobody is owning it. Vita's in Los Osos. Hi, Vita. Hi. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. Thanks for calling. So, I was just mainly going to comment on the 5150 holes. Yes. Because those are simply, those are not to address drug addiction. They have nothing to do with drug addiction. Those are people who are danger to themselves, a danger to them to others, or completely unable to take care of themselves. And I mean completely unable to take care of themselves. We have a unit with 17 beds. That has not increased in the last 50 years that I know of. And that's a licensing issue, I've been told. So, you know, people who act like drug addiction can be cured by putting them in the mental health unit, that doesn't work. We have a drug and alcohol, you know, unit in the county. And I'm just hearing a lot of complaints and very few solutions, and I don't have the solution either. I believe, yes, that court ruling did make things worse, but where were those people before? They were already here. Um, they were living on the streets, but they were occasionally getting picked up depending on their behavior. Uh, not because of drug addiction. It was mainly their behavior. Maybe they got put in jail, and they were, were in jail for, what, three days at the most? Yeah. And then they were released again. So I have no idea what the solution is. Um, I don't think we can. any individual organization outside of government can do it. It needs government assistance to try to work on this. And there is another commission now that's been assembled and I don't know what they're doing. I, I know you had the gentleman on, Greg Gillette. And yes, and Sam, Sam Blakesley. I believe right. they're part of it. Yes. Don Ortiz's leg is an integral part of it. Um, but we have not heard yet, you know, what they're coming up with. I mean, these small villages is perhaps one thing that might work eventually. Again, you know, the right. drugs will intervene with people because I, I was a nurse for 35 years. I know some of these people. They don't like rules. Sure. They don't like rules. That's why they're on the street. All right. Vita, thank you. I'm almost out of time. I appreciate your calling you, in. You, you know, it's, it's interesting. She she pointed out what I what I said about the people were already there before the court ruling. Now they've just come out of the shadows because they don't they're not they don't have fear of per persecution. All right. Let me get back to Michael. Michael, we got you again. 
Okay, well, I don't know where you, I left off, but the bottom line for me is, as the woman just before me said, resources to, to address this are important. This has gotten so far out of control that unless local communities, because this is a local community problem, it has to be dealt with at the very granular level, because if you don't, uh, you end up with a big bureaucracy, and the bureaucratization of the issue will just siphon all the money off. So, you know, this is a very, it's become a very complex issue, but dealing with it, tough love with people who want to live in the riverbed has to be addressed. It's not healthy. It's not compassionate to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And then administering some sort of, of, of uh, programming that the local host communities are responsible for and can deliver and allowing law enforcement to do their job because their hands are tied many times, especially when you're dealing with the, as the woman before said, there are these people that they just don't like rules and right. they're not going to do anything that they're asked to do. And that has to be addressed. All right, Michael, I'm out of time. Thank you very much. I can only give Don about 30 seconds. Don, what's your best shot, buddy? Well, the um, homeless on the street is all the things you mentioned, but specifically the migration, because you just look at the people migrating up here, they are homeless to begin with. And if the system isn't handling the people that we already have, it's not handling any of the people that are coming up. And they're all looking for work. They're all looking for uh, home and housing. Very few of them, you know, may have relatives or something up here, but it's 90-plus percent are homeless on entry. I got to go. Thank you, Don. Where Lance Parker once again delivers great talk radio, even though I've never seen an illegal immigrant as a homeless person on the street. Yeah, I don't I don't get that one. Never. But, you know, uh, the reason I sent you this article was this is another example where government said we're coming to fix it and they've made it worse and nobody owns that they've made it worse. You own the airwaves, my friend. <laughs> okay, thanks, good job. Have a good it. vacation. All right, off we go. News, traffic, weather. Rick Bruce up next. Stick around. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.